Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator, here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Good morning, good morning to you all. My name is Teresa E. Keeves, and I'm your host for Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. I am broadcasting on the FabulousTalkZone.com internet radio, and um, I want to ask, how are my wonderful listeners out there? I certainly appreciated you tuning in today to my show, as I do know that you have your choices out there, and I know that you all are doing just great as well on a beautiful day. Well, I just want to say say that it's, it's a beautiful day because every day that God gives us is beautiful, but, you know, I just really love the sunshine. So, you know, we've been waking up here lately in Arizona to, you know, cloudy days, but nevertheless, um, in a few hours, the sun will peek his, his beautiful face through and it'll be all good. So listen, I want to remind you that on my next show airing on November 12th, I will be broadcasting at 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And that is because I broadcast out of Illinois. Remember, I was telling you guys that. And um, so I will be broadcasting at um, 8 a.m. And, um, and, you know, I'm still located here in the beautiful Arizona. And as I have told you before, we, for the most part, do not engage in the spring up fall back thing. You know, we'll just leave that for the rest of the country <laughs> to deal with. Okay. The topic of my show today is titled generational curses. Can they really be broken? And my guest is Reginald C. Campbell, one of the nation's best mental health therapists. And this is the second part of a two-part discussion regarding the concern for our generation that is coming behind us. The first part was aired two weeks ago, and its title is Generation to Generation. Should you have missed this powerful and educational discussion, um, I suggest that you go, you know, on and and listen and, and download it and, and whatever you do, upload it, podcast it. Um, that I had with the phenomenal panel, it was Terry Griffiths, my fabulous brother, Rachel C. Campbell, and Sandy Roberts, all fabulous people. Um, so please go to TalkZoneLook.com, look for my shows, my show, Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. Click on it. There you will see a number of shows archived. And also, you know what, guys? November 12th will be marking my one-year anniversary. Actually, I started on the 14th, but the 12th, you know, because it was a Thursday when I started. So here on TalkZone.com. So thank you. Thank you for the applause. I hear the applause in the background. So I really appreciate it. Um, so I'm going to do something a little different on the 12th of November to commemorate this joyous blessing in my life. All right. I'm going to introduce my guests in just a moment. Here comes the butt. Let's talk about a couple of things here before we dive into our show's topic. I was reading on my AP app two days ago that an Afghan woman who is 105 years young still dreamed of having a better life, one without wars and bombs going off all the time. So she made the trek to Europe. And the article states 
that the trip is so hard and a daunting task for individuals who are one-fifth her age. Is that fabulous or what? For me, listeners, it just goes to show that peace is one of the ultimate gifts that people want in their lives, and wanting it does not stop at a certain age. Peace is the stillness, the tranquility, the beautiful silence that calms our entire being. Now, some Bible scholars say that peace is greatly sought after but hard to find. Uh, why is that, listeners? Okay, think about that for a moment. Anyway, after reading the brief story about this Afghan woman, it might have taken her a lifetime to acquire it. Peace, that is. But, guys, she has it now. How great is that? That was That's fabulous. Okay, now, um, now you can say to yourself, like, what in the heck? It's only like a couple of more days before October is gone. And then that's it, which means holiday celebrations for Thanksgiving and then on to Christmas and then the New Year 2016 celebrations. Wow. <laughs> Where does our precious commodity time go? Right. Okay. So now, actually, guys, I am starting to um, put in a new commercial into my show. And um, although I don't have it ready for you right now, um, but if you, you know, when you podcast it, download it from the archive, it will be on there. And uh, this this advertisement is advertising um, your uh, it's a Christmas special that I'm offering um, to you guys. OK, and um, I know that a lot of you out there have a lot of company events and things like that. And um, it just, you know, very well may be a great um, opportunity for you to advertise for a cheaper rate. And it's called uh, the 260 200. So now. Let me tell you what that is. I'm offering you two 60-second advertisement slots for $200, okay? Just $200. Now, you can record your advertisement. Just keep it at 60 or less. Upload it to me via my email, which is info at denovobusiness.com, or call me at 480-283-7270, and you'll be all set. Just easy as that. My fabulous um, engineer will uh, take care of the rest as he always does. And you're good to go. Okay. So we'll talk about it. I'll mention it again at the end of my show. All right. Okay. Now we got all of that out the way, guys. So now let's bring on my guest, my fabulous brother, Reginald C. Campbell. Good morning to Hey, good morning. How are you today? I'm fantastic. I am highly blessed and I am just ready to receive all of that God is going to bless me with on this day. That's that's how I am. That's how I am. Now, you know, um, ladies and gentlemen, I received an email. I'm sorry, a text from my brother. And typically um, in his um, introduction, um, I would say that he's DSM four. Now he's DSM five. So, Reginald, would you like to take a, a few um, minutes, uh, not minutes, but maybe about 30, 40 seconds and explain to the 
um, listening audience uh, out there. What is DSM-5? Yeah, the uh, DSM is, uh, stands for Diagnostic, Diagnostic Statistical Manual. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's the manual that uh, counselors and therapists use to uh, look up the different um, uh, diagnosis for a client. So every it's updated about every 10 years. And so mm-hmm. it's now time for the DSM-5. They worked on it to update things uh, the last couple of years. And so now the DSM-5 has been implemented as of uh, uh, October of this year. So now the DSM-4 is no longer, and the DSM-5 is, has been implemented for uh, therapists to use. Fabulous. So are there like... Um you know, because everything changes, so I'm I'm just thinking that there's probably, you know, updated diagnoses and things like that in there for clients, um, uh, you know, for your clients and things like that. Everybody that's in your your field, right? It, it's updated, and you know, things change uh, medically, um, you know, things like that. So, so so it's an update. It's updated every ten years uh, mm-hmm. to. Uh, change diagnosis, sometimes eliminate a diagnosis, sometimes add a diagnosis. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's what's done every every 10 years, kind of like a tweak, kind of like a tune-up uh, every, yeah. every 10 years to make sure. Uh, like, for instance, uh, the term mental retardation is no longer used. Uh, now we use developmentally disabled. So mm-hmm. the term mental retardation has been, has been eliminated, has been eliminated. Uh, probably since the DSM three, uh, and I've been mm-hmm. working with this since DSM three. So, so that term is no longer useful. So that's just a uh, uh, an, an example uh, yeah. of, of how it it gets updated over the years. And to be politically correct as well. Yeah, yeah, and it should be. That's fabulous, my smart brother. Okay, so now let's get into our discussion. Okay, our discussion our discussion uh, topic today. Is generational curses, can they really be broken? Now, as you know, Reginald, this is the second part of, of a discussion regarding generations. As I mentioned earlier to my listeners, some of the specifics about the program that was aired two weeks ago. Okay, now let's open up this discussion simply by saying, what is a generational curse? For example, brother. Some historians have said that the Kennedys have a generational curse brought on them by Joseph Patrick Kennedy Sr. I am imagining that the history writers could be referring to the sins of the father and his indebtedness to the sins he caused that were so many that they were that they're you know they were they're being passed down to his children and his children and so forth and so on. Although this was said about a very famous family the generational curse has no boundaries, meaning it can be in families across the board. Your thoughts on this? Um, part of being a Christian and and uh, you know knowing somewhat of, of the Bible, definitely not a, a biblical scholar. I would leave that to the Joel Osteen's and Dr. Stanley's of the world. Uh, and, who are definitely biblical scholars and the and and Joyce Myers. Uh, that's, that's another and three people that I definitely uh, um, respect. Um, Absolutely. You know, generational curses uh, for the Bible states that you know if, if a family, a father, 
mother's uh, sin, and you don't repent of those sins and basically approve, I'm paraphrasing, um, that those sins will, uh, you know, curse can be put on your family where um, your children, your children's children, your children's children's children um, will deal with that curse because you didn't, you have not repented. Uh, I have a tendency to vividly uh, disagree with people talking about the Kennedys have, have, have occurred. So, in my opinion, are usually uh, right-wing writers and politicians and right-wing talking heads who, you know, use that um, uh, ridiculous um, way to, to, to describe the, you know, to describe the Kennedy family. Um, have mm-hmm. they had some tragedies? Uh, ab- absolutely. Uh, uh, with Joseph Kennedy Jr., uh, who died in a, a plane crash in, in during World War II. Uh, they had a sister, Kathleen, who they called Kick. Uh, she died in a, uh, in a, in an airplane crash. And of course, we know about Bobby and, and, and John, uh, their assassination. Uh, so personally, mm-hmm. I don't see that as being, uh, you know, them having a curse, uh, because if that's the case, well, if they, the Kennedy families were raised and the kids were, you know, known to do these wonderful things and, 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 and work with community services and, and to help people and things like that, uh, and that's been handed down per generation up to the current generation. And mm-hmm. I don't see that as a curse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, exactly. You know, have yeah. been some unfortunate things that, that happened in that family. Um, uh, yes, but we can look at other families who, unfortunately, have had tragedies, who have lost two or three siblings, um, you know, a father, a mom, things like that, who are wonderful families, and, uh, you know, they didn't do these horrible things to have a curse put on them. So, mm-hmm. so people like to throw that stuff around, and I totally disregard it and totally disagree with that. Yeah, I do too. I need to take a break here in about a minute, but I just want to um I'll quickly throw my um my my thoughts on that. I agree with the fact because you know I do admire the Kennedys. The Kennedys have done nothing but fabulous work to help those that do not uh to help those that are less unfortunate. They continue to do that. This is something that has been ingrained in them throughout the whole family. So um, if, if John Kennedy Sr. was the matriarch of his family, then he definitely instilled some fabulous, great thoughts in his family. And just because, as you stated, that we have lost, that they've lost um, some people in the family. And my thing is, and I've said this before, that if you look at other families, they, too, have lost individuals that they loved and 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 um, and, uh, uh, you know, there were leaders of their family, and things like that. But it's also. I also believe that is this isn't people who um, have the dislike and the hate and the and the right wing and and all of the other uh, people that that just want to say something nasty. But I I definitely um, I agree with uh, what you have said there. We're going to take a break and then uh, when we come back, we're going to continue my conversation about general um, generational curses with my fabulous brother. Stay tuned. Hey, 
listeners, this is Teresa E. Keeves. Can you believe that this is the end of the year? Our most festive holiday celebrations are approaching quickly. My question to you is, do you have upcoming events that you would like to spread the word about? Or advertising your business holiday specials? Or what about fundraisers? Well, I have an offer for you. It's called 26200. Let me explain. You can have two 60-second advertisement slots for $200. That's right, $200. You can record your advertisement, keep it at 60 seconds, upload it to me via email, and you will be all set. Sounds simple? Because it is. For more information, give me a call at 480-283-7270. That's 480-283-7270. Or email me at info at denovobusiness.com. Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you very much for returning with me and my guest, Reginald C. Campbell, uh, one of the world's best uh, mental health therapists. Our conversation this morning is generational curses. Can they really be broken? Now, I want to go on, um, brother, and um, I want to talk about positive figures and things um, are that are essential for building strong, fortified families and or generations. And the truth of the matter, Reginald, is that there are going to be a member or members of families who fall off the wagon towards obtaining the best for their lives, let's say. Because we all have choices and some family members are going to be slower than others, grasping a hold of the best road to be on as they travel along their life journey. As Terry Griffiths talked about, in the last uh, broadcast about, um, you know, generations. And she said that making assurances as best as possible is a combination of things such as taking the children to church so that they can learn about God, giving them the best education as possible. And I'm throwing this in that the parent, parents or guardian should be the best role model as possible, being dutiful, excuse me, being dutiful about their checks and balances as they should be keeping in mind that this child or children that they are responsible for is part of them going forward in future life. What do you think about that, brother? Right. And and that is so true. It, um, you know, people, um, it, it is the parent, you know, you and I talk, a lot about uh, about this, and you know, of course, I don't I don't have children of, of my own, uh, but we talk about this, you know, just with your children and grandchildren and other other kids that I've you know worked in the field with families for twenty three years, and mm-hmm. never stop being a parent. Uh, I had exactly. this conversation with a parent the other day. Um, you know, we say, well, well, I'll be glad when they're eighteen and out the house. Well, uh, they're only eighteen, <laughs> you know. And mm-hmm. those 18 years uh, can prepare them to go out in the world, but that doesn't mean that they're prepared to go out in the world. They're only 18 years old. Exactly. And so you, you don't stop being a parent. Um, another thing I had, I can remember I had a, 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 a parent I was working with when I was in Chicago. This was, this was probably in, in, in the late 90s. And um, this, this woman had lost. Um, custody of, of her son and her daughter, and at the time I was her son's case manager, and she mm-hmm. would complain about all of the things that I wasn't doing, all of the things that the agency wasn't doing, and I want to 
tell the court system on you and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I had to tell her, had you done your job as a parent, you would need to know I, I wouldn't be a blip on your radar had you mm -hmm. done your job as a parent. The reason you know me, the reason I'm in your life is because that you have failed as a parent. Now, mm -hmm. was that a little harsh? Yes, it was. Was that a reality check? Yes, it was. So, um, you know, she did not take the step to improve herself. Therefore, her children have fallen into the same lackadaisical, the same failures and things that, that she has, has done. And, yes, can those generational curses be broken? Oh, they most certainly can. And we see oh, it yeah. all the time. We see it mm -hmm. all the time where our parent, you know, a person talks about, oh, I'm the first one to go to college in, in, in my family. I'm the first one to graduate from high school in my family. That, that's having those things broken. That's having those curses broken right there. Mm -hmm. You know, so can they be broken? They most certainly can. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and it helps not only the family, it helps society as a whole, it helps society's family. Exactly. That person is not being incarcerated. And I've worked with uh, gentlemen and, and ladies who have been incarcerated. And, and they tell me all the time, had I had someone to tell me, had my parents been here, and, and, and the story is always the lack of parenting, the parent wasn't there, the parent did not do this, the parent did not do that. And it is just constantly, 100%, goes back to the parent. Exactly. And I, and I tell people, you know, they, they say, well, um, when, when I, when I tell people things, uh, what, what you just said, brother, then they go, well, I know that I did, you know, my duty, um, as a parent and so forth and so on. However, you know, I, there's a saying that, you know, uh, that, that people have said, and I'm sure you know, is that do I have, um, any regrets? And then they'll say, no, I don't have any regrets because then if I had regrets, then I wouldn't be the, 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 the you know, the person that, um, that I am today. Here's my thing. Along your life journey, you did have some regrets, maybe consciously or non-conscious. Maybe you didn't turn them as regrets. Okay, you turned them as something else, fine. But what you what you did do is that you looked at yourself and you looked at your family structure and you said, you know what, I could have done this better. And if I don't stop doing this, then I'm going to end up like, you know, my, mm -hmm. my dad or my uncle, my uncle, you know, or, or something. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to resurrect myself, you know. Yeah. So you are yeah. doing checks and balances. And that's what I was talking about. That the checks yeah. and balances start with us who deem ourselves the lead. The other, the other problem is that I, um, that I, um, feel that there are not enough leaders. Okay. People think mm -hmm. that when the, we speak of leaders, we're speaking of people such as, um, Martin Luther King or um, some of the Kennedy members and, uh, you know, Joel Osteen, um, Joyce Myers, Dr. Stanley, that kind of thing. The lead starts right where you are. It starts at home. OK, right. Unfor right. unfortunately, um, more often than not. And you said this, that you have to go outside of your home to find what it is that you want. And if that's what you have to do, that's fine. 
There's nothing wrong with it, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not getting what it is that you need, um, at home, if you're not, if you're, if you know, your parents are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, this is what we're talking about, generational, um, uh, curses. We're not talking about marriages. We're talking about generational curses that then you, then you do need, it is your obligation to go out and talk to a minister, a priest, um, or, um, some family member, let's say, or maybe someone else that you admire and, and talk to them and you can gain a lot of insight, strength and guidance from these people. But as, um, you know, we had talked about before, uh, brother, that there's just not enough of the strength in the, within the family structure. And the way that I look at it, brother, is that a lot of the baby boomers, okay, have fallen off the wagon. All right. Because we've seen the strength in these individuals, um, all baby boomers out there. You know, don't don't say, oh, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Uh, <laughs> um, the baby boomers out there. Um, you know that when you were coming along that there was more strength and there's always been, right. you know, um, salacious things that has happened in our society, but not to the point that it is right now. So if you're going to if you want to be a realist and take a good hard look, you know, it'll be OK. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the you know, a lot of the baby boomers, you know, have fallen off the wagon and then they're producing mm-hmm. This and now we're at generation X, Y, and now they're talking about Z. All right. I'm just saying it's a generation coming behind us. I'm not labeling anything. It's a generation coming behind us. And, and they do need to, they do need to, to have somebody that they can, you know, look up to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, with, with family, you know, you have to go out and get what you want. If, if I'm sitting at home, and I'm thinking, oh, boy, I would like some KFC, and I don't have KFC here or in the fridge or whatever. I have to go out to KFC and, and, and get it. It's not going to, you know, just appear, you know, to me. If I want the number two meal at KFC, I got to go and get it. And and it's the same thing with, with life and, and family, that we have to go out and, and get it. And there, there's a lot of people who can, who are willing, a lot of people who are out there willing and wanting, like myself, yourself, Sandy, and other people, um, who are willing and able to help people and help families, they have to go out and get them. A lot of my heroes came from, from books uh, that I read as a kid and as a teenager, and they mm-hmm. continue to read with those heroes, I wasn't able to touch them. I was mm-hmm. able to see them on television. I was able to read about them. And trust me, they weren't just sports figures either. You know, the majority of my heroes were not sports mm-hmm. figures. Of course, our, our, our dad was, was and still continues to be my, my number one hero, the man that I'm mm-hmm. always to be like. But other people, you know, like President Johnson and, and Dr. King and, um, you know, Malcolm X, um, President Kennedy, you know, these are people that I read about and, and, and looked on as heroes and wanted to aspire to be like them. And exactly. you know, people to this day, like the president, I, you know, people like that that I aspire to, to, to be like. So you're right, mm-hmm. you have to go out and, and get that. And there's always, working with families over the past 23 years, I've always discovered that in the most dysfunctional families, 
there's always that one person, that one person who's mm -hmm. there that's the glue of the family. And my job was always to find that one person, and it's usually an uncle, a grandmother, a cousin, a friend, a play sister, you know, mm -hmm. always that one person. So you find that one person. And usually the people who were successful in those families connected to that person. Mm -hmm. they, they, they didn't follow Uncle Joe's path to alcoholism. They didn't follow Uncle Bob's path to the penitentiary. They didn't follow uh, Sister Susan's path to you know, some of the negative things, drugs, the prostitution that, that she did. They followed yeah. that one person. That one person. And, and or they didn't follow their parents who were a train wreck, that they were very stoic and hard. You know, right. I, I need to take I need to take a break here in about um, a minute. But, you know, I just want to say something about um, um, you were talking about uh, books and I love books. Mm -hmm. You know, books are books are my hero. Um, God is number one. Um, my hero, you know, then there's Jesus. Then I've had lots of others from books. You know, Madam, Madam Curie loved her. Dr. Einstein, um, uh, King Malcolm X, President Kennedy. I was just reading some things about him. But as I wanted, you know, was saying about stoic, you know, if you, if you have parents or parents that, that are stoic in their behavior, you def definitely don't want to be like that, in my opinion, brother, because, you know, that's just like a rock. You pour water on it and it just goes down to the side. Nothing seeps in. Okay. That's really bad. That's something that, um, that I was told a long time ago by a very, um, um, fabulous woman named Mama Eleanor, who is no longer with us, but I know she's watching over me. Thank you for, uh, tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick bait break, uh, warm up your coffee, your tea, and come back with me. Have disagreements with your landlord regarding your home or apartment that you are renting? Or have you fallen behind in your HOA payments and you cannot reason with the HOA Association for resolution of your issues? I can assist you. I am an independent professional mediator. My name is Teresa E. Keeves. Give me a call at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at MediationTalkShow.expert. You do not have to litigate your disagreements. They can be professionally mediated. The process of professional mediation is an effective, efficient, timely, and less costly method for resolving your disputes. Please give me a call for a 0283-7270. You're listening to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for returning um, to me, ladies and gentlemen. I certainly appreciate you um, coming back. We are discussing generational curses. Can they really be broken? With Reginald C. Campbell, mental health specialist. Okay, now... So, Reginald, you know, I, I, I want to say this, okay, mm -hmm. is that one generational curse that I feel is upon us is the manner in how we settle our differences, okay? As you know, some people just want to continue to do the same old thing as they are comfortable with doing that, not wanting to do anything else. You know, stoic is what I said before we went on break, such as wars, 
or how or or how about maintaining the court systems as they are? As you know, people for the most part, Reginald, rebuke change. <laughs> you know, as many individuals in the legal profession really don't want to see professional mediation grab a good footing for resolving disputes. Obviously, these individuals like the court system being blogged down with cases, taking years to get to trial, um, costing individuals lots of money to hire attorneys and associated calls, court calls pertaining to their case, because this is the way it has always been. Now, what does this have to do with the show's topic? Well, it's a generational cycle that needs to be broken, in my opinion, and how cases are being handled in our courts nationwide and the monies that it costs individuals to obtain justice for themselves or their families, which a lot of people cannot afford. This has been done for generations. Does this make sense, what I just said, Reginald? It does. Breaking generational curses is, is, is you know, not just a, a family thing. It's it, it behavior. It, it, mm-hmm. It's stopping doing something that, that you used to do that is not working anymore. Um, I think the president is um, implementing um, health care. I think that was a generational curse that was broken that now people are allowed or are able to afford health care. So that mm-hmm. was a, that's a really, really good analogy with, um, with mediation that, you know, people are, are doing things in the court system that, that wasn't working that it, it, it's a change. So I think my, my definition of generational breaking generational curses is any and everything that needs to be changed that has not worked. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And as you look back, brother, you know, in, in, in retrospect, it's one of my favorite words, as you look retrospect and you see that, okay, so we didn't have health care. All right. We didn't have health care. And, you know, when people go into the emergency rooms, I was just talking to this about a lady last week. When people go into the health in, into the emergency rooms and they don't have money to pay, who do you think that, you know, that that bill befalls on? Right. Hospitals are a place for healing, mending, correcting, saving lives. True. But it is also a business. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. It is a business. Okay, so they need to make their money. They need to um because they have obligations, they got lighting, they got heating bills, they have they have a staff, you know, the the the, the overseer of the hospital, he or she has a had you know wants to be paid for their duties as well. So that was very good, brother, um with the, you know, with the health care. Um and I also want to throw in uh with the president, President Obama, uh, reestablishing the uh, relationship, the connection with Cuba, you know, um, yeah. I mean, how long yeah. has that been going on? And this yeah. is fabulous now, you know, uh, because we all need one another. And I've said that before. We all need one another. Don't think that we don't, ladies and gentlemen, because we do. OK, now. There is a saying, Reginald, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Wow. How true that is for my life. And I'm sure in yours and others out there as well. So, you know, being strong will is a great asset to have, along with human beings emphasizing to you that you can do it and above all, believe it. 
All right. That reminds me of a supervisor. Her name was Betty Hadala. You know, I don't forget anything. <laughs> I had who, who she used to call me the can do. Remember, I used to tell you that she called me can do like it was supposed to make me feel badly about knowing that I can do anything I want to do. Like the Nike slogan says, just do it. She was too late to try and break that down to me as I was already fortified with a lot of, you know, strong convictions, you know, from God and others who were not necessarily family members and some family members who I learned a great deal from and that I'm forever grateful. Now, that goes back to what you and I were talking about, you know, echoing what Terry Griffith said on the last show. That it's really good, you know, some people try to make a joke out of it. Oh, you got to add a boy, you know, um, that that's that's something very good to do um, for one another. That other that we that we complement each other like that, you know. It is. And everyone wants to need compliments. Everyone, uh, you know, like mm-hmm. to know that they have done a done a good job. And and especially our, our children. You know, they, they, children and the teens, you know, te- teenagers have such a hard time right now, the ones who, who are trying and, and, and want to do and stay on the right path. They have, they have such a hard time and, and they need those, that pat on the back, that, that, or that, that you can do, do this. I was speaking mm-hmm. to one of my team clients the other day and I was telling him failure is not an option. You don't believe exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't believe that you are not you're not a failure. You're not going to be a failure, and you're going to change what you're doing. I can tell him that. Well, I think you can change. I hope you can change my speech to him during the child and family uh, meeting at 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 court in Yuma the other day. Was that uh-huh. you're you're going to? And I was uh-huh. in front of maybe eight or nine other people. You're going to change. It's not that I hope you change or you need to change it, all that, but you're going to. And again, it's mm-hmm. all in front of everyone. Failure is not an option. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not. Anybody can be a failure. You know, it doesn't it's, take anything to give up. You can just say, okay, I give up. I quit. Okay, that's it. Okay, there you go. You yeah. Um, um, it's just, does it take... Uh, Time and effort to be successful, yes, it does. But it also takes time and effort to be a failure. It takes more mm-hmm. time and more effort to be a failure than it does to be a success. It takes more exactly. muscles in your face to frown than it does to smile. So mm-hmm. our, our kids and, and people in general, so I'm just speaking of kids right now, they need and they want, not only they need, they want that discipline, that Pat on the back, and that telling them that you can do that. But nothing feels better, even to myself, than to accomplish something and then have somebody recognize that and see how it has changed someone's life for the better. Exactly, because you know a lot of people, you know, um, you know, as I was, you know, saying about myself and others and you. And Terry and Sandy, you know, um, I'm sure that as we were coming along, we our footing may not have been the way it needed to be. But somebody along the way has told us that we can do it. Somebody along the way has helped us, you know, mentally, financially. And this is what I tell everybody. We don't do anything 
um, by ourselves. Someone gives us the opportunity. You know, um, you didn't just get this job by yourself. Someone believed that you were the individual that could handle the specifics uh, relating to what they're looking for for this position, and they gave you the opportunity. You know, Absolutely. and people, more and more people need to recognize that, you know, right. instead of just saying, oh, I did it all by myself, you know, and then just, you know, I want to talk about a little bit about failure is not an option because it's not, you know, um, one thing that Ayala Van Zant says to her uh, clients is that trying is not doing. You know, if you say to yourself, oh, I'm trying and or like Oprah Winfrey said, I don't want a lawyer that she was talking to a young lady that she was saying, well, I'm trying to be a lawyer. She said, no one wants to hire a person who's trying to be a lawyer. You're supposed to be defending me. And oh, I'm going to try to make sure that no one wants that. You want, you know, uh, someone wants someone who is very um, adequate and very self-assured within themselves that they can get the job done, you know, and all of this happens as we are passing down to our children. Like you were talking about teenagers. Well, you know, we have a 15 and a half year old girl, beautiful girl, Tierra Daniel, and um, she goes to Paradise Honors here. My baby girl love her a lot. And um, but, you know, I, I, I'll text her and I'll tell her, you know, have a beautiful day. I'm so proud of her. And and, you know, and, and she, she just loves that, you know, hearing it from me, her parents and things like that. All of this, I, I truly believe, Reginald, is is, you know, is very helpful to our teenagers, as you were saying. And I and I know that they are. They're having a hard time, you know, because of all of the craziness that's going on in our world. Um, just saying very, very quickly about the police officer, um, how he dragged that the young student out of the high school room, um, the other day, you know, um, yeah, that was, that was, that was so uncalled for, but this is what our society has gotten to. And we talked about it. It's like, they're nullified. It's like, Oh, well, you know, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. That's, that's supposed, that's what's supposed to happen. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's okay if they're cursing on TV. Oh yeah. It's okay. if You know, they're fighting on television, you know, and, and, and when it's, and when it's not, you know, it, it is not okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, people don't have, and go back to, you know, get mediation, but people don't have the skills to solve a problem, to sit down and talk about a problem, to sit down and work out a problem, mm-hmm. you know, which is, which is so lacking in our, in our society. Um, you know, let's, let's just look at road rage. Okay, someone, and this really bugs me, I just want to say this. Why do people speed up when you put on your turn signal and want to change lanes? I can see that if there's 10 cars behind you, you turn your, you put your turn signal on, you can yeah. speed it up. You can yeah. speed it up to try and stop you from changing lanes, you know. Yeah. Instead but, of saying, you know what, come on over, you know. Exactly. I, I, but, I, but I, Reginald, I had they... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Reginald, had they learned better, taught were taught better, and or sought out to be taught better, okay, in their life, then they wouldn't be doing this kind of thing. 
You understand what I'm saying? That they would know about kindness and what that and what the benefits of kindness is when they bestow that on, uh, upon some upon somebody else. You know, they they would know they would know what that is. You know, now I got about about a minute before um uh I need to take a break, but I'm going to throw this out there and then we're going to discuss this when we come back. I say that you know. I've always been a very positive person and I've learned about negativity and what its detriments are. And I know that you've learned it. And a lot of my listeners out there have learned about not allowing negativity uh, in their life, you know, uh, be it a person thing or whatever or place. Now, this is something that I talk to families about all the time, particularly, you know, even in mediation. As I say in my mediation practices, in my mediation practice, one thing that I do want my disputers to learn is to have some tools that they can walk away with. Now, what I'm saying broadly here is well-crafted tools are essential to be handed down in families. And when I come back, I want to talk about a couple of the well-crafted tools that should be handed down to our families that will strengthen our generations as we go along. Come back with me, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get up and stretch. And we'll talk with you soon. Do you know that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com surveyed of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported. And NBC News reported that bullying statistics of 2013 for senior citizens is on the rise in America. And that statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. If you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to help resolve your differences, with professionalism, fairness, impartiality, and given a platform to be heard. Give me a call. Professional mediator Teresa E. Keyes at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. Welcome back to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. Here again, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you. Thank you, my listeners, for returning with me. Uh, we are here talking about generational curses and how we can better offset that as we are building, wanting to build a stronger generation coming behind us here with my brother, Reginald C. Campbell. Now, before we went to break, I um, talked about well-crafted tools that are essential to be handed down Um uh, uh, to uh, the people that are behind us, what would you what would you say, Reginald? Are two of the uh, well crafted tools that that would be essential for families? You know, there's two words that uh, that that you should learn in kindergarten, the first grade, and that's please and thank you. That's surely missing from yes. our society today, and um. That would that would go a long way, I think, of, of teaching our children to say please 
and think and, and realize that no one is obligated to uh, do anything for you and for when people do something for you, uh, you should respect that and, and, and should be grateful and, and thankful. I think one other thing that's surely missing in our society uh, that needs to be implemented in families and people in general it is just respect. It's just there's, mm-hmm. there's sorely a lack of respect for each other. Uh, again, as mm-hmm. I was talking about trying to change lanes, if this person respected himself, respected me, respected everyone else driving, um, it's not about you trying to cut me off simply because I want to change lanes. You mm-hmm. know, it's amazing to me how I try, when I go to a store or the person behind me doesn't hold the door. And it's also mm-hmm. really surprising and amazing to me that when I hold the door for the person that's behind me or stop and hold the door for a lady that's coming in and out, she's so surprised with the look on her face that says, oh, well, thank you. And why? Because mm-hmm. how many people have not done that for her, you know, during the course of, of the month or week or, or a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. The other thing is just basic risk. And I think all of what I'm talking about has to do with with respect. Mm -hmm. I think if we look at how our politicians, how the Republican politicians behave and act, that's a lack of respect not only for themselves, but a lack of respect for other people. The things that Donald Trump has said about our um, Latino brothers and sisters, how they're all of these negative things and all of that. That's not respectful. Yeah, and, and, and or women, you know, and, um, and, and, and also, I mean, that goes for all of them. You have, um, maybe a new speaker, Paul Ryan, and, you know, he gets up there and he says uh, that he's gonna be better than thou, but from looking at how he was previously, he was also on the same vein as Donald Trump. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, there, there needs to be some changes. And I want to, I want to say, um, I'm trying to get everything in here because we have about, uh, eight, seven minutes left is that, um, please and thank you is, is spot on. You know, people don't say please. They don't, they don't say thank you. Um, respect. Um, people will, um, cut you off like you're saying, um, as you're driving down the street. Um, uh, and or if you let someone in, as as you see that nobody else lets lets a person in, Reginald, when you're driving down the street and you slow up and let them in, they don't say thank you. It's like okay, you that's something right. that you you know needed, you better had it done or whatever for me, right. you know. Right. Um, right. People don't say um, good morning and good night and really mean it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, may I help you or can I help you? And or. Um, they don't say, excuse me. The people are very interruptive. They don't say, excuse me, may I ask you a question? And all of these things that we're talking about, brother, are things that they, that someone needed to have taught them and or they also need to reach out and teach themselves as well. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, and it's just, you know, just speaking of, of Quincy Paul Ryan, some of the other uh, uh, people, politicians on the Republican side, um, and and our wonderful president, getting the ultimate respect is passing legislation where everyone is able to have health care. Mm-hmm. So if you're sick, 
if your child is sick, if your grandmother is sick, that they are able to see a doctor, they are able to be taken care of. That's the ultimate of respect. The ultimate of disrespect is trying to go into the Senate and try for 40, 50-something times that they have done to repeal it. You know, mm-hmm. are you are are you kidding me? Why is it that it's okay for certain people not to have health care and others to have health care? That's the ultimate in disrespect. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus says, as I was said, that when you help those who are not able to help themselves, when you help my children, you help me, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed doing. to be. It's not all of. I, I tell people and some of my clients, it's, it's, you know what? It's not all about me. It's not. It, it's not. It, 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 it's not all about you. The world is not revolve around you. What have you done to help somebody else? What have you exactly. done to help your children? What have you done? I mean, just from the big to the small, like we're saying, holding the door open for somebody. What have, what mm-hmm. have you done? You don't know how that can change that person's life for that day. That they're just maybe having just a bad day. You don't know what these people are going through and just saying good morning and holding that door open for that guy or that woman, how that can change their day or their life for the positive. Exactly. You, you don't know, you know, you, it doesn't have to be, you know, something big, but once again, as I'm saying, if you sat there and you watched how your mother is being disrespectful to people mm-hmm. and, or your father or both of them, whoever you were, you know, were, were, um, um, prominent in your life and you think that that's all cool and it's gain of, of, of to be nasty and mean, you know, uh, to somebody, you know, so, and, and I agree that, you know, this is where they learn it from. And the ultimate, um, it is respect is, you know, showing someone that you care for them. But the thing is, Reginald, and, you know, I'm just going to say this and cause we got a few more minutes, about three more minutes, um, is that, you know, people, a lot of people don't know, um, how to, you know, um, uh, obtain respect. They think that what they're doing is respectful and it's not mm-hmm. respectful, you know, and mm-hmm. you, and you yourself, Reginald, we all have common sense, whether we want to listen to it or not, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and you know that what you're saying or what you're doing is not right, but you want to continue to right. do it because that's what you have always done. Okay. Right. Now, right. yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's it's totally ridiculous. But you know what, brother? You know what I'm getting ready to say? You know, our, our time, Reginald? No, no, don't say that. No. Reginald? No. I love you and all of you guys out there. I so appreciate you. <laughs> Reginald, I thank you so much for being an exceptional guest as always. And I pray that your day is a safe one and a remarkable one. And remember about the, the, the advertisement um, uh, that I'm offering to you, to the listeners out there with all of your family events and company events and fundraisers that's coming up. You can give me a call 480-283-7270 or you can email me at info at denovobusiness.com. <laughs> And in closing, I would like to say that general curses can really be broken. However, it starts with us, the purveyors of ourselves and our families. 
reemerge as being the leader, the prayerful one, the matriarch, the voice of reason by paying attention to what we do and say is a huge start to spark an upward movement. Okay, be supportive, be the cheerleader, be kind to yourself and others. This is Teresa E. Keeves. Make it a great day.